Grinders. Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and uh, and it's Thursday. It's uh, we're coming good. Happy holidays! Oh, I gotta say happy whatever the hell you celebrate, right? We're going to be talking about the the Sunday NFL slate, and uh, if you take a look here, uh, we still don't know who's going to play. <laughs> we still don't know. We don't know what's going on with the Chiefs. Is Kelsey going to play? Is Hill going to play? Is Waller back? Is Allen Robinson back? Tyler Lockett, what's he doing? DeAndre Swift is doubtful. Okay, Jamal Williams is in. What's Adam Thielen doing? Is he going to play? Right? We have injury guys, right? Uh, Friermuth had a concussion. Is he coming back? Emmanuel Sanders, what is he doing? What's going on with the backfield in New England? Is Damian Harris going to be back? How about Alex Collins for Seattle? We have no idea what's going on. We have no idea. And obviously, that's going to dramatically change stuff. But uh, in our gridiron IQ projections, we do have all the uh, all the question. Any and if, if it's doubtful, I'm assuming we're going to get Swift out of the uh, projection soon. But that's all we could deal with right now, right? Right. We could only go by the numbers that we got right now. So we so we don't know. If Kelsey and Hill are out. Then obviously we got like Byron Pringle and McCole Hardman and, and Demarcus Robinson and whoever. Uh, that could be possibly put into play. Same thing for like, you know, if Allen Robinson is out, if, if Tyler Lockett's out again, you could play play DK Metcalf. Uh, so, so we'll just go over stuff as, as it appears right now. And I see you guys in the YouTube chat, as always, on your way in the door, get, hit that thumbs up button. Hit the thummy thumbs. It helps us out. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We've got tons of shows today. The, the schedule is jam-packed. We're trying to get it all in before the Christmas break. But uh, but if you got any questions, you can always post it in the YouTube chat. I see you guys. Suki Singh, Matt Mears, infamous Tuck, Wall Street Russ, Ryan Edwards. Good morning. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll do our little first run, just based on what we currently have here. right? So I brought up all the, the injured players. Antonio Brown, probably going to be chalky now. Uh, Evans and Godwin. Godwin's gone for the season. Fournette's gone for the season. What are the Bucks going to do? Who knows? So I'm just going to run some lineups, uh, some basic stack configurations, right? I just want to just want to see like two, uh, 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 like a three, uh, just a three man stack, not even with a run back, right? Just just see see kind of what shows up as of now. I mean, this this is assuming that that Kelsey and Hill play. This is assuming that Thielen plays. It's assuming a lot of stuff, but I want to take take a look at what what these stacks kind of look like. Uh, number of unique players one. Okay, let's get 100 lineups. Uh, how many games are on the slate? We got 11, I think. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Okay, 5% per quarterback or something. 5%, 7%, something like that. All right, let's see what shows up. 5% of quarterback. And we're just going to leave everything. We don't, you don't even need running exposures. Just, we don't even care about randomness. We don't care about anything else. Just we want a we want a quarterback and two pass catches, right? Not even the running backs. We'll see with the running backs that we have a couple of value guys up here, like Ronald Jones, Justin Jackson, Robinson, Montgomery. I think those are the four that uh, are going to be played a lot. That's going to be the and then obviously we go down to some other guys. But as of right now, Ronald Jones with a no Fournette. Uh, I know they signed Levy and Bell, but at fifty one hundred, Tampa Bay against Carolina, he, he's going to get enough of the workload, right? Justin Jackson with no Eckler and Eckler could be back, right? He's on the COVID list. Maybe they, they take him off the COVID list. So maybe we don't get Justin Jackson anymore. And then we got Robinson at 5,900, still too cheap, too cheap against the Jets. Then David Montgomery, you know, with, with the amount of snaps that he, that he has, 
right? The amount of work that he gets at 5,700 at Seattle. Uh, Brad seems like a good median play, but let, let's let's run 100 lineups and see what shows up. So I, I, see, I don't want to use uh, the with the with the running backs. So then with these with these salary adjusted value scores, we'll get a lot of like Herbert Jackson something, which is which is still fine. But I think we may get too much of uh, some of these running back teams. Is that the wide receiver spot? Other than Cup, maybe Moore and Brown. Like the, everything's kind of kind of kind of efficient, right? It's going to be one of those weeks. I think getting different at wide receiver may be better than getting different at running back. But you know, we don't know. We don't know right now. We have no idea what's going on, right? Tight end, not much there at tight end, right? Right? Is Kelsey going to play? We don't know. Gronk probably gets a boost, right? Okay, here we go. So, uh, get a ton of Cooper Cup as a one-off because you're going to be able to afford them. Okay, so let's take a look at the quarterbacks. Okay, so Zach Wilson comes in one thirty-five. Okay, so Zach Wilson. You know, a lot of J- Jacksonville. Oh, I need to set this. I need, did I need, did I set the stacks wrong? Yeah, I think I set the stacks wrong. Yeah, I kind of I don't want a quarterback and the two opposite pass catchers I, I i think i yeah that that's where i screwed up right that's not much of a stack right i went at the quarterback on one team and two pass catchers on the other side of the ball no i'm gonna do it this way no run backs let's run it again let's i knew that was a mistake from the beginning i'm like okay zach wilson okay where where are my jets receivers oh they're not there i get treadwell and jones and like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense right so i'm gonna run it and see we're gonna run it again uh, but I think Tampa. I think Tampa Bay is going to be popular. I mean, that team total is coming down, but it's against Carolina, and uh, they have a twenty-seven implied team total currently. So Brady plus Brown plus Gronk. Maybe you throw in a secondary receiver like Perriman or Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller or one of those guys, or maybe you put Ronald Jones in it and just like screw it, and that's it. Okay, so let's take a look at the quarterbacks now. Okay, Mike Glennon, one thirty-two. Kirk Cousins, 134. Zach Wilson, 135. Like, who's down over here? Jalen Hurts probably is the number one. 144. Right, so Hurts, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, right? And this is with no run back, so we're not even talking about a Giants player on the other side, right? I think as of right now, Hurts projects, you know, with his, his rushing equity against the Giants pretty high. I'm not sure if I would double stack them, but I think, you know, the Hurts-Goddard, Type of lineup is in play. Matthew Stafford, obviously. Cup is going to be very popular because you're going to be able, to, you're going to be able to fit him in with this cheaper running backs. So Stafford, Cup, and Van Jefferson or Odell Beckham Jr. I think that'll be popular. Uh, I think Mahomes would be more popular with uh, if uh, Kelsey or Hill are out. Because even here, we're getting some Pringle, Kelsey Pringle lineups. Justin Herbert. Herbert, Mike Williams, Jared Cook. Mike Williams, Jared Cook. Mike Williams, Jared Cook. Probably here's a Keenan Allen, Jared Cook uh, lineup. Justin Fields. If Allen Robinson is in, right? So you get Robinson commit with Fields. I don't think that that's that bad, right? Lamar Jackson, 140. With Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. Tom Brady. With Antonio Brown and Gronk, right? 140, like that 140 range. Joe Burrow, 139, Matt Ryan, Gage and Pitts. Do I want to pay that price, 5,900 for Gage? Maybe, maybe not. 
Joe Burrow against Baltimore. Right, Burrow, Boyd, Chase. Okay, I get, I get this type of stuff. It's kind of the range that yeah, it kind of leans the way that, that I would thought it would lean. I think that surprise here is more like Fields, right? Fields, Robinson, Komet against Seattle. I mean, that, that, that should be a slow game, right? That total must be real. That must, total must be low. Chicago, where's the Chicago, Seattle? Yeah, 24-75, 18 quarter rights. That's what, 43 total? So now, now let's try running this with with a with a run back. So like two two pass catchers and 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 anyone running it back. Let's see. Do we do we get do we get anything dramatically different? What bubbles up even more? Well, I can tell you which ones are going to be. It's going to be the ones that have a a higher a higher uh, projected player in it. So we're going to see maybe some Minnesota stacks may come up a little bit more. Maybe some Carolina. Maybe some Houston. Maybe some Tampa Bay with DJ Moore. The Jets, maybe not. I think Tampa Bay, Carolina is going to come up a little bit more. And maybe even even Chicago, Seattle with David Montgomery there, maybe. I don't know if any of the Giants project all that well. Or he may get something like a Ram stack with Dalvin Cook. The problem with the Minnesota side, if you play uh, uh, Stafford Cup lineups, is that, uh, you know, Jefferson's expensive, Cook's expensive. Those guys are expensive. See, we're still getting all the Cooper Cup. I mean, just all the Cooper Cup, all the Ronald Jones, all the Falcons defense, right? So here the top projected is 139. Fields, Komet, Robinson with uh, Tyler Lockett, assuming he plays, right? Right? So this is the thing that surprises me the most, that these Justin Fields lineups. As of right now, obviously as of right now, not assuming a lot of people are out. And also Allen Robinson is only 4,000. So we go to the quarterback position. We can scroll down. Get Hurts at one four. Okay. Oh, I was I was okay. Hold on. Fields is in the top one. Okay, here we go. Hurts is the top. So he's said Hurts, and he played Barkley as the runback. Galladay as the runback. He's been awful. So the Hurts lineups one forty one. The Stafford lineups one forty one. Right. Stafford, Cup, Higby, and Dalvin Cook eighty three hundred. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook. Because the, the, the projections currently have Thielen in. I think if Thielen's out, Cook would be more likely to be replaced with Jefferson. Then Tom Brady over here, Brady Brown, Gronkowski with DJ Moore. Like that, I think that is that is going to be the highest combination, the four-man combination. Brady, Brady doubles with, with DJ Moore as a bring back. Herbert here with no Jackson. Although obviously Justin Jackson's a pass catching running back, you could you could put them together. You get so much Cooper. I mean Cooper Cup just stands out. You could afford him with the cheap running backs that we have available this week. Cam Newton. See, I told you, Cam Newton, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Ronald Jones on the other side. But I don't know what they're going to do. What are they going to do with 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 uh, with Sam Darnold? Right, because he's back and. And rule is like, uh, I'm going to, we could play a little and this guy could play a little. We're going to go with a little of this and a little of that. I mean, obviously Newton has the, has the rushing touchdown equity, but I'm not, I'm not a big fan of playing a guy that could potentially not play a quarterback that could not play most of the snaps. Right. So like uh, maybe I veer away from that. We still get more, more fields, right. Still fields up here. Mahomes. 
Now you're not getting Mahomes doubles with like Kelsey and Hill, assuming they both play. You're getting more like Pringle Kelsey, Pringle Kelsey, Pringle Kelsey. Lamar Jackson, if he's back, assuming he's back. Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews. I don't know. Do you think Andrews is maybe a little bit overpriced with Lamar back? You almost want to see Tyler Huntley in there, right? Just taking a look at this, right? Baltimore. Baltimore doesn't seem to have what you get CJ Uzuma, Lawrence Tyler Boyd. Picking the right Bengals receiver is just like, who knows? Uh, let's see. But we're not getting much of like, like Josh Allen against New England. Like we're just not getting that. I mean, the, the bu- Buffalo projects pretty poorly. I don't think Cole Beasley is going to be 0% owned or, uh, well, he's going to be 0% owned if he's out for COVID, right? We have to, we have to change those guys, right? That's why like doing this stuff on a Thursday is like, you can take like a first look, but like these things are all going to change. We get another value running back, right? If, it, if, if Eckler comes back, so now we don't have Jackson, that'll change things, right? If Thielen's out and Jefferson gets bumped up a little, okay, that changes things. What's going on with the uh, Kansas City? Right. If they're if Kelsey and Hill are both out, then we're gonna get, you know, who the hell's their backup tight end? But I'm saying you're gonna get like Byron Pringle's gonna be like super owned. Like someone like that at 3,300. So it's gonna make your roster configurations different. Okay, so now let's look at like if we if we included the running back in. So if we didn't mind like kind of like the three plus one with and it could be a running back. So I'll probably get more Bra- more Brady, right? More Herbert, because those running backs project well. And we're not like forcing them to not be in. So I'm assuming we'll see Herbert Jackson, or something like Herbert Jackson Cook in the tight end spot. I think see more of that, or or uh, you'll see Brady Jones Brown. We'll see a bunch of that. I don't know about Jacksonville. I don't think you're going to see that much of Lawrence. Maybe Lawrence Robinson, Laquan Treadwell, maybe, maybe. Yeah, Jags, Jets. Ugh, talk about an ugly game. What's the total on that game? Total on that game must be really low. Oh, oh it skipped over. Total of the Jags, yeah, 40, 41 and a half. Do we have high total games? I mean, come on, look at the look at that. We've got like 41 here. Okay, the Rams, Minnesota is like 49 and a half. Buffalo, New England, 20, did 43 and a half. Tampa Bay, Carolina is 44. Jets, Jags is 41 and a half. Atlanta, Detroit is like 42 and a half. Chargers, Texans is 45, it looks like. Baltimore, Cincinnati is about 45 and a half. Seattle, Chicago is 43. Kansas City, Pittsburgh is like 44. Raiders, Broncos, 41 and a half. Low totals. Low totals. Let's take a look at these that have. Okay, now we're getting a bunch. Now we're getting more of a Josh Allen. Allen, Singletary, Beasley. Right? Okay, that may make a little bit more sense. Okay, the top one, Brady, Jones, Brown. I told you, Brady, Jones, Brown. Here's Hertz, Sanders, Goddard. Hurts, Sanders, God, right? Because you're forcing two people in, and Sanders projects better for his salary than Devonta Smith. So Brady, Brown, whatever. 
right? So where's these Herbert? The Herbert should be here. So yeah, here we go. Herbert, like just like I said, Herbert Jackson Cook. Get some Nico Collins in here, right? That could, and that could end up being like uh, like Byron Pringle one off, depending on what's going on with the Chiefs, right? Because you're not going to get Tyreek Hill here. So Stafford Cup Higby, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, the the, the problem that's going to be in the Rams. The Rams are going to be popular because Cup is going to be popular. So I see Stafford Cup plus another Ram. The problem is the Minnesota run back is going to be expensive because you're probably playing Cook or Jefferson or Thiel or Thielen, I guess, if he's in. And it's going to be even more, it's going to be more popular if Thielen is out. Okay. So if Thielen is in, the ownership on that stack, on the Ram stack, may go down a little. But if Thielen's out, it just makes Cook and Jefferson a little, project a little bit better. Then people are going to do that. I think. I think the other the other combination that's going to be popular is the Brady doubles. Brady plus Brown plus someone, a second Buck, and then DJ Moore as the run back. And I think the Herbert one may be the third the third most used combination. Herbert plus Jackson plus someone plus Allen plus Williams plus Cook. And then like Brandon Cooks or Nico Collins or maybe even no run back. I think that'll be the third. So who's going under on them based on this? Feel, maybe, maybe it's the Bears. Maybe it's the Bears. I'm not saying that I, I, I want to do that. Maybe it's the Ravens. Are people going to want to play Lamar Jackson if he's back? I mean, he's what? He's under 7K, right? Right, Lamar Jackson, Lamar, yeah, 6,900. Maybe that's, I mean, Ravens-Bengals could be a game. They have big play people. I think the pace of this game naturally will be slow, naturally. But Lamar Jackson's feet with Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, like big, that there's a 60-yard play in there. Then obviously for the Bengals, you got you got you know Chase and Higgins. There's a 60-yard play in there also. So maybe Baltimore, Cincinnati. That's the the under the radar. See, like the thing about like the field stuff, like Bears, Seahawks. Where are the big plays? Like I I, I just I don't know. And then these the way these two coaches play, I don't know. Do you trust them? Because obviously the big play on the Seattle side is like DK Metcalf. But if Seattle's going to run the ball 65% of the time, like. It's just going to take up too much time on the clock. Then you got Chicago and Fields isn't, isn't an effective passer. And, you know, oh, Mooney could have a big play. Just that I, I don't see one big play, then another big play, and then another big play on the other side. I think I'm more, more likely to see that in the Ravens-Bengals game than the Bears-Seahawks game. But you never know. Depends on the ownership of the Bears-Seahawks. Depends. We got any dome games? Atlanta's in the dome, but it's Atlanta against Detroit. Some of these games are awful. Jags, Jets, ugh, Jags, Jets, and Falcons, Lions. Even the even the Broncos, Raiders doesn't sound that appealing. We only got three games in the late slate, the late set, and it's going to be at, oh, we we may end up with this. KC, the KC games five uh, four twenty five Eastern. I'm, I'm gonna hate. I'm gonna hate it if we don't know that KC information before, then. right? 
It's a COVID situation. We would know, right? I'm, I'm assuming so. It's not an injury. Kelsey and Hill are not injured. They just tested positive. Right? Or something. There's a contact. I don't know what they're doing. So if they test, well, if they test negative on Friday and Saturday, they could play. Like, we're not going to not know that, like, after 1 o'clock lock. I'm, I'm assuming. I mean, I'm kind of semi-asking here. Because not knowing that is going to, that's going to, I mean, I mean, you're not going to want to play Kelsey or Hill in your lineup without knowing that they're going to play. And then you're not going to know if, like, Byron Pringle and McCall Hardman and those guys are values until afterwards. And and who are you, who are you playing in these games? With David Montgomery? I mean, who, who are you playing? You're probably not playing any Broncos. Raiders probably not. I mean, like, who are you playing? It's most likely that, you know, one o'clock lock hits and you won't have any slots. So I hope we get the Chiefs news. I'm assuming we're going to get this stuff on Saturday. I'm assuming. Christmas gift from Adam Schefter, right? We'll get some Schefter tweets. We'll find out. We'll know information. But this, this is me just taking a first look. Taking a first look. See, that's a short show today. First, we don't have any questions in the YouTube chat. I see you guys in there. Right, Greg Heller says, wait, so don't lock in on a roster on Thursday? No. Dude, I don't. Dude, if it wasn't for this show, I may not even look at, look at lineups until Saturday night. I could probably show up Sunday morning. And go, okay, I don't know idea what's going on, but I got, I got all the numbers. I got all the projections. I got everything that I'll need. That's what you could get with Roto Grinders Premium. Right? You get lineup HQ, you get the tools, you get the projections that update, the ownership, all the premium content. Just click on the link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Give it as a gift, a Christmas gift or something, right? I know the football season's coming to an end. We're in week 16. We got NBA, right? NBA and soccer, MMA, golf. Golf will be back. And MLB will be coming up shortly in April. So you get a combo premium package. And then you also get into our Discord. Or, or if you don't know what Discord is, it's a, it's a chat program. And you could, you could chat in all of our channels, including mine. I have my own channel in there, Blender's Game Theory. That's where we talk about strategy and stuff. I answer your questions, just similar to this show, especially if you can't make this show. Then we also do uh, mostly weekly Zoom coaching calls. We had one this past, what, Wednesday? I think went Tuesday. We had Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon. There'll be different days. I try to hit as many different time zones and days of the week, nights, weekends, something like that. We'd like the over two-hour conversation. People get on the line. You get online. I ask whatever you want. People had someone shared their screen. They were going through their entire process and I was critiquing it. And we had like 30, 40 people in there. So you could, you could always show up. So you just, just have to sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Join the Blenders Game Theory channel on our Discord. And you could participate in those Zoom coaching calls. Peter Corey asked, how is ownership determined? Ownership is determined by obviously the size of the contest. So most ownership projections around the industry are based around whatever the, like, the largest field contest is. The most popular one, right? Then based on what can be fit in what lineups and how often they'll, they'll be played, you simulate the contest that you did. Okay, 
If this guy's going to be 20% owned, then this other guy can't be disowned, right? It's You're solving a math problem there. So you use baselines on what guys could be owned, and then you run the lines. You run a million, you run the contest out. What do these lineups look like? And then the number comes back and go based, based on based on these figures, based on our projections and sentiment from around the industry. Like this is the approximate estim, estimated projected ownership of, of these players. But obviously, ownership projections are very fragile because they don't account for human psychology. So you take a look at like the running back position. It's like, well, assuming that everything stays the way that it is, is like, is James Robinson at 5,900 going to be lower owned than David Montgomery? I think James Robinson is the highest owned running back on the slate. I know. I think Ronald Jones. Is. But I think, I think James Robinson comes in higher owned than David Montgomery. Because James Robinson had a decent, had a good game last week and they're playing the Jets. And I think that people don't like playing David Montgomery. Now, mathematically, David Montgomery may should be, may you know should be more owned than James Robinson, but I don't. I think based on human psychology, that people will be more, especially two hundred dollar difference. I think more people will jam put put in uh, Robinson than Montgomery. Should they be doing it? Probably not. But that's what I mean by human psychology. Like we have Joe Mixon at sixty nine hundred at like thirteen percent. It's quite possible he comes in more like eight or nine percent, but I don't know. It de- I mean, it depends on what's going on. Like, like all these players are injured and COVID, and I don't know. The rest of the player pool will matter. That's why I said if Eckler is back, like if Eckler if Eckler plays, this will eliminate Justin Jackson ownership, and this ownership is going to go towards Ronald Jones, James Robinson, and David Montgomery. So if you eliminate Justin Jackson, now you have to start bumping all these guys up. Devin Singletary gets a little bit of a bump, probably. Are people going to still play Michael Carter? We have him at 10% projected owned. Based on his role last week, I'm not sure if 10% of people are going to play him. Maybe 10% of people should play him, but maybe he ends up going 6% on. Right? So you have to you have to judge that type of like the human psychology of DFS. So you do everything algorithmically for ownership. Like you're just assuming much more of a rational market than there is. Wall Street Russ, what's the most money you've won on a slate with a hand-built lineup? $100,000. People don't realize. I, I, I hand-built my lineups for most first three or four years. Doesn't mean I, I still looked at projections and stuff. There's no difference. An optimizer is an efficiency tool. It's not something that does it for, tell me what to play. That's not what an optimizer is. Look, I built I built 20 hand-built lineups this past NFL slate. Did I win? No. I cashed a bunch of lineups, right? I didn't have Huntley. I didn't have Huntley Andrews lineups. I could do just the same. I could look, I could look at this and go, what do the constructions look like? It's like, well, obviously, Cooper Cup's going to be very high on because look at the running backs that are available. Then we get Pringle even. Like, Antonio Brown is underpriced. Like, it's very easy to jam in Cooper Cup. How do I build a non-Cooper Cup lineup? Well, you can do it by hand. You're most probably playing players that are towards the top 
part portion of the salary adjusted value, right? Even if you're hand built, like if I don't play cut, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sacrificing this many points. If I don't, if I don't play Ronald Jones, I'm sacrificing this many points. So in a non Jones, non cup lineup, I'm still probably playing Justin Jackson, James Robinson. I'm still, I, I still may be playing, you know, uh, Antonio Brown in the line. I mean, I still, cause I need to get my projection up. There'll be tons of players in this, like this middle range that are not all that different from each other. The difference of like one or two points. That's it. Which is what? Two points is what? One catch for 10 yards. So that, that's the difference between Marquise Brown and, uh, and, and OBJ. Right. Similar price. One catch, 10 yards. Or Hunter Renfro. Like some of these guys down here. Especially a wide receiver, I'm more likely to take a shot. But I'm not going to just like fade all the best plays. But you could do that by hand also. Through 2017, early 2018, I just hand built my lineups. I use Lineup HQ to, to do research like this, like, you know, running lineups, seeing what shows up and everything. But it's like, okay, I'm going to build 12 lineups for this NBA slate. I build in my hand. Got this, 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 this fits, this fits, this thing. I don't. I build build them pretty quickly. Because once you're used to roster construction dynamics, if I pay up here, I got to pay down there. If I pay here, I got to go this way. If I'm going to pair these people up, I got to do this, right? Because you only have a certain amount of salary cap and, and positional requirements. So you get used to that. Once you get used to hand building like that for three or four years. Using an optimizer is easy because I can predict what it's going to do, right? Like we went over the things before with the stacks. Oh, once I put the running back in the stack, how do I know that Herbert Jackson Cook is going to come up? Because Jackson is one of the, the top salary-adjusted value running backs. So it's going to, it's instead of putting in Allen or Williams, it's going to put in Jackson. I'm going to get a lot of Tom Brady, Jones, Antonio Brown. Because take a look at all these positions. Ronald Jones is the first on the list at wide receiver. Antonio Brown is third on the list, right? Gronk even is fourth on the list. And, and Brady, Brady somewhere around here. Well, he's down there. So you put all that together and that number is going to be bigger than other numbers. You're not going to get a lot of Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire lineups. But once you take out the running back from the stack, well, that means that Ronald Jones isn't, you know, you're not going to get as much Tom Brady. You're not going to get as much Herbert, not as much Lawrence, if I got any, or Fields. Because the running back is pushing up the projection total as part of those stacks. But if you say, I don't want the running back in my stacks, you're not giving the optimizer the option to use them. It's going to jam him into the other stuff, right? You're going to you're going to see, you know, when you when Tom Brady plus uh, plus Brown plus Gronkowski needs to have like Jackson and Robinson in because you're telling it not to use Ronald Jones. But in the Mahomes lineups, Ronald Jones is in those lineups and are at these prices, lower than six K. Since you're using two or three running backs that are lower than six K, using a ninety one hundred dollar wide receiver is pretty easy especially when the wide receiver projects for like more points than anyone on the slate, raw points 
five, five and a half more raw points based on our current projections more than anyone else on the slate. Should he be 32% owned? I don't know. And you could build your line, you could build your, you could hand build your lineups. It's perfectly fine. I suggest that you do that before you even touch a tool like lineup HQ. Really learn roster construction dynamics. And you know how you learn it? By doing it over and 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 over again. And you're going to ask, well, how long should I be handling liners before touching an optimizer? I would say at least a year. At least, probably more, two years. And I'm talking about playing every day, and I'm talking about building up to 20 lineups by hand a day in every sport, basketball, baseball. So you're playing all the time. You do that for two years. You could go, you could approach any baseball slate and go, well, if I play this stack, I know I'm going to get a lot of this guy and a lot of that guy. You go, how do you know that? Because, well, this stack has cost this much and that picture is this and this one-off batter projects for X and you're probably going to get them together. That project that would project the best and fits within the salary requirement. You'll just know that because you've been doing it by hand for so long. And then once you know, once you know the math of how it all works, because all, all that optimizer is doing is solving a math problem. And once you better estimate like what the math is for the salary construction and positions, then it's easy to go through. And you know, you're not surprised. Why am I getting so much of this guy? Like, well, why wouldn't you? You'd you're trying to jam in two high price run. I want the two high price running backs. Well, you probably, whatever the cheapest value wide receiver is, you probably get a ton of it. Because how else are you going to jam in two 9K running backs? Right? I'm trying to jam in two 4K running backs. Well, you're going to get a lot of high price wide receivers. You're probably going to get Kelsey or someone high price tight end in the lineup. Why? Because that's the, that's the way the construction works in those types of lines to spend 50K in salary. But people don't want to do the work. They're, no, I just want to go directly to playing 150 lineups. Well, good luck with that. Playing 150 lineups profitably is extremely hard. Extreme, it's harder. Than, than playing, I'm going to build three lineups and play single entry and three max. It's it's infinitely harder. Oh yeah, you can play. Oh, I play 150 lineups. And you're going to lose money on most. You're going to lose money on most days. So if you don't cash one in the top ten or whatever, you're going to lose money. Yeah, but I have so many combinations. So try it. Most of them, you're more likely to screw it up than you are to build good lineups. Your goal should be to build one good lineup, then build two good lineups, then build five, then build 10, then build 20, build to whatever scale that you can by hand effectively. Then once it, once you're profitable doing that, then it's like, okay, well, now it may make more sense to scale this upward, but building 50 lineups by hand is just maybe not time effective enough. So it's like, now, now I need to know I know what lineups I want to build. I just need the help of a tool to do it for me. And then that's, you go to a tool like Lineup HQ and you have to build the lineups. 
And then you're going to, you're going to say, like, well, what happens if I don't want to, I don't want to handle for a year. So, well, then you're not going to be probably, you're not going to be good at DFS. Play for entertainment purposes. When I just did a, a podcast this week, Theory of Deer Fest podcast, with the rant of like, like there's, you got to do the work, right? And it shouldn't feel like work to you. This, none of this feels like work to me. Putting together lineups and learn, learning the process and looking back at myself in 2016 and what I did back then didn't feel like work. Watching hundreds of hours of videos reading probably millions upon millions of words of content. Not about the plays. I'm talking about old, I'm talking about old content. Old, old stuff. You could read stuff from back in 2013. That would help you today. You know what you have to do? You just have to read it. That's it. That's all you have to do. <laughs> oh, where can I find out more information on, on all this game theory stuff? It's like, well, I talk about it on every, every show that I do. Go back to the first show that I've ever done on Rotogrinders. I I periscopes, right? I have stuff on my YouTube channel from before I was at Rotogrinders. You can watch all that stuff. There's ton, tons of stuff from other sites, other people from five years ago. That would help you out today. You know, all you have to do, all you have to do is watch it, right? That's all you have to do. It's not complicated. How do you learn something? By doing the work putting in the time well i don't want to watch 300 hours of your video so then obviously you don't want to be a good dfs player like that's that's my natural response now if you want to speed it up a little you could buy the theory of daily fantasy sports i don't think like a professional dfs player it's my 15 hour dfs audio masterclass. it's a condensed version seminar style of all the of all the game theory concepts of dfs so if you want to fast track it a little just so you have a a reference guide this would be what to get theoryofdfs.com but if you think that you're oh i'm gonna just listen to 15 hours and i'm gonna be good as you no you have to put stuff into practice and learn and watch and then learn and and Listen to this again, then play some more, and then listen to this again and play some more. I learned how to play poker that way. Back in, what, 2002, 2003? I read every book book multiple times. And you're like, well, what books? I I said every, I, I, I use the term every for a reason. I read every book. Oh, did you read two plus? Yes, I read, I literally read every book. If there was if there was a po- the poker section at Barnes and Noble, if there was a book on poker, I read it. Every I read every book. Well, which ones would it be? Yeah, like half of them like are repetitive and whatever. But you know, you know, you know what? I got better much quicker by reading every book, and then reading every book again. Well, I didn't read every book again. Some of the books weren't worth reading again, and then playing, and then reading, and then playing, and then reading. And watching stuff on TV. Now, back then, there wasn't really, like, YouTube didn't start out, right? There weren't, like, training videos or anything. So I just I just read books over and over and over again. And I got better at poker. 
Did I read every book and then automatically went to the table and, oh, I'm great. No, it took me years. Getting better and better and better. So you have to put, you have to put in the time. Unless you want to play it as an entertainment product, which is perfectly fine. Then don't worry about it. Treat it like the lottery. It's perfectly fine. Play, play whatever you want. Bang your head against the keyboard. It's perfectly fine. That that should be your new year. That should be your New Year's resolution. If you want, if you want to be a serious DFS player that gets that has an edge that generates a supplementary income at minimum, at minimum. No, it's it, you got you got to read everything. You got to watch everything. What is it, uh, what's it, if it's repetitive? <coughs> Said, are you the best player in the world yet? The answer is no. That means do it again. You think the NFL players go out and it's like, oh, we're going to run a play once and it works and go, we never have to run that play again in practice, right? Never have to run it again. We did it once. Fine. I, we understand why this play was three wide receivers. You make a post route. I'm going to hit the seam, whatever the hell it is. And they go, okay, we never have to come back to that again. Never have to practice that again. No, of course not. They run the play 40 times in a row. Right. And then you know what they do the next day? They run it 40 times again in a row. Right. So the, 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 the linemen are like, uh, we, haven't we done this enough? It's like, yeah. So, so you successfully are able to do it in a game. Getting your reps in. So, getting your reps in is watching videos and understanding concepts, asking questions. That's why I make myself available. You could join Roto Grinders Premium. Go on the Blender's Game Theory channel. I'm in there. I'm in there to answer any question you want. Doing the weekly Zoom coaching calls. Feel for, all you have to do is sign up on the form that I place in there, and I turn on your video, and it's like, what do you want to know? <clears throat> Watch all these shows. There's nothing. There's nothing that I'm, I'm hiding. That is like, oh, I, I got to watch your show every day because then you're gonna drip out. Like, no, you could you could watch my stuff from two years ago on this very show, and it's you're gonna hear stuff that I said yesterday, that today, literally today. Right? You go back three weeks ago. I, I probably said twenty minutes versus uh, this show was was two weeks ago. I'm not doing anything different. So if you want to get the theory of DFS, go to theoryofdfs.com and uh, no show tomorrow, Christmas Eve, right? Then we got Christmas day. So I'll be, I'll be back. I'll be back on Monday. I mean, I'll be, I'll truth. I'm going to be back today, right? We got the NFL uh, advanced sports analytics show coming out later today. And I'm going to be back for Thursday night football, the pre-lock show at seven 30 Eastern with STL cards. Uh, so uh, feel free to hit that hit that notification bell to know when we go live then hit the subscribe button if you're new and hit the thumbs up on your way out the door for the pregame show i'll be back on monday right we'll be going over stuff with uh with james mccool uh so if you're in my contests you know i, I don't i i want to win but if you're not good good luck good luck over the weekend and i'll see you back on monday answering your dfs strategy questions as always on the dfs pregame show on rotogrinders.com.